it's Rashad, and this is Wear Many Hats presented by Desire, where we talk about your main gig, then we talk about your side hustle. Gabby Basak is a great copywriter. She can write anything you need on the fly, and she has a way with words. As I'm writing this, I can't even write anymore. I met Gabby when we were creative partners in art direction or copywriting, but we were in advertising, so we obviously have some type of creative background. She's so smart and is full of ideas. We met Philly, go to basement shows, parties, would run into her in LA. She lives down the street from me in Brooklyn. She's been a close friend of mine ever since. She has an eye for vintage, great finds, a photographer. She has released a couple pieces of published work such as Act of Tenderness and Gaze Volume 1. Her zines was also presented in one of the Dessar shows we put out back in Philly at Win-Win. She's an event planner. One of her first markets she put on was the Monstera Art and Zine Fair up in North Philly featuring 8-Ball Zines, Andrew Jeffrey Wright, Space 1026, and High Tide Collective. She runs a market in Philly called Eight Fields Market and a vintage shop called Soft Label Vintage. Welcome to the show, Gabby Vasek. Wow, thank you. When you put all the accomplishments in like one thing, it's like, wow, I guess I have been doing things. <laughs> it feels like you're not doing anything, you know? Yeah, no, you've done a lot. Thank you. Yeah, yeah I mean, right when we bounced out of college, we've both hit the ground running, you know? That's really true. Yeah, it's been what, like almost eight years now? Yeah. My, my math is bad, but that sounds about right. My math is bad too, but... I mean, it seems like we're just getting old at this point. I know. Don't remind me. <laughs> so what's going on? How you been? Um, well, this is actually my second day unemployed because I just quit my job. So it's definitely surreal after like working every day since college, but I'm really enjoying it. Congratulations. Kind of, thank you. Kind of trying to figure it out, you know? In the middle of a pandemic. Oh, yeah. You were just like, <laughs> I'm a bounce right there and then. Yeah, I think my mental health was taking a toll. And it's kind of like, um, it's hard to go on and act like every day is fine when you're like battling with this whole other thing that's happening. And I mm-hmm. think like, while a lot, other, a lot of agencies have been great about it, it's still like a thing that we've never dealt with. So it's hard to just go on and act like everything's fine when you have this whole other thing happening and for me it just seemed like a really good time to take a step back and figure out what I really want to be doing because for so long copywriting has just been it you Mm. know I've had my side hustles but I'm kind of ready to make my side hustle my main hustle nice it's really weird and surreal but yeah yeah definitely and when you said that you've been working since fresh out of college were you always a copywriter yeah I mean I, I bounced around, you know, I, I was dog walking and writing like half time, but like, it's always kind of been agency life first and then like side hustle on the side. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this is the time where I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm about to hit like 30. Like, let's just like figure out how to make this like the thing I love, the thing I do every day. Yeah. It seems like in our twenties, we always want to get some type of experience, you know, in whatever we we learned in our studies but yeah at the same time it's like we're forced you know to basically do all of the things traditionally and then but now that we have like the time we can totally do all that I mean 
I'm in the same boat with you. So it's pretty Yeah. Cool. Someone just said something recently and they were like, I lived my 20s like my 30s and now I'm ready to live my 30s like my 20s. And I'm like, that is my motto. You know, like, <laughs> I'm like kind of pushing myself, like, you know, that whole like immigrant parent thing where you're like, get a good job, work hard, be comfortable. And like, mm. for so long, I was like on that mindset where I like, I put my creative needs aside. Mm -hmm. And now I'm just like, you know what? No, like, fuck this. Like, I've saved up money. I did that the right way. And it was the wrong way, you know, in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. So like, I'm ready to do things my way and kind of just like see where it takes me. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Yeah. So you're a copywriter at best, but excuse me, you're a senior copywriter. So I ain't shit. <laughs> you know your way with words. Um, what, <laughs> what did you write about mostly in all the agencies that you worked for? So it's been a mix. I did a lot of nonprofit advertising. I did like freelancing for like people's personal business. And mm -hmm. I did a lot of websites for shores for clients. So it's been a mix. Um, but I think I really love like branding and concepting, you know, that's something I'd love to continue doing freelance for stuff for clients, but I'm kind of ready to take a break on copywriting. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's good. What's the most copy you've ever written that made you go, oh, wow, this is pretty damn good? Uh, I don't think I've ever felt that way. I don't know. If, oh, if wow. you know any writers, you know, they're all self-deprecating. So we all have oh, yeah. So I'm never like, this is the most amazing thing I've ever done because mm -hmm. it always feels like you could do better, you know? Definitely. And speaking of self-deprecating, that's the same way with me in basically any creative field, you know? Yeah artists do that all the time for the longest time I always thought that the work that I put out was complete shit yeah until you know bigger agencies and know, other artists actually liked what I did and I was just like okay I guess I'm doing something right you know yeah it takes someone else being like oh like you have a really cool like side also or I like your photography or I like the things you're doing on the side and you're like wait like I am actually good at these things and I should keep like pushing forward on this you know yeah yeah I totally know what you mean so if you're gonna take a break from copywriting and now go into the things you do like is it the vintage game I think it's a mix of both I've had this like idea in my head for a while about starting a collective kind of like what we do for eight fields but more as a collective space where like people can show their art and like we're not taking profit from them maybe they're just paying like a whole flat payment to like be in the store but then we're not taking any commission or like it's just going straight to them but just giving a platform for artists to really show their work and have it like affordable and accessible and just just showing off the work of my friends like I think we have so many talented friends in Philly that are doing really cool things and I would love to continue to like provide a platform for them. That's um, great. And what is Eight Fields? So Eight Fields has kind of evolved, you know, like I've been doing art markets and book fairs for like the last eight years, but me and my partner, Brittany Jalio, shout out. She's the best. Shout out, Brittany. <laughs> um, we've kind of provided a platform for artists to really do their thing. So we've done two markets so far. The first was really huge. It was at the Cherry Street Pier. Mm -hmm. We had almost like a hundred artists, I think. And we had a mix of like installations and small publishers, um, 
artists, ceramicists, jewelry makers, and kind of just bringing together a diverse group of artists from Philly and even the surrounding areas and giving them a way to show, highlight, sell their work and kind of just interact with the community. We kind of make sure every space we pick says something about where we're having it. So just not placing it anywhere and just expecting people to show up, like making sure the community is evolved, whether that's like flusher, that's screen printing, a design that's going to charity, or if it's like a local distiller like Faber, like we had at the Last Monster Collective. So it's always just making sure the community is involved with the artist mm. and the space itself. I think everything is really thoughtfully laid out and there's a purpose to it. And I did go to the Cherry Street Pier one and it was phenomenal. It was a great turnout. You guys pretty much filled the whole room. It was like the first time. I mean, the Cherry Street Pier had events for how, how long it lasted, but you guys put on the most diverse show I've ever seen in Philly by far independently, you know? Yeah, thank you. Aside from the rain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Were you living in Philly at the time when you did that or were you living in Brooklyn? I'm not trying to think. Yeah, I was I was in Philly at that time. I think that second market we did at Bach, which was like a very scaled down one, which was mm -hmm. really awesome too. At that point, I had just moved to New York, but kind of working together with Brittany, it was still seamless. You know, we were, I was going back to Philly as needed. So it's been working out in terms of like having markets there, but we, we did have some stuff planned for New York that's been put on pause because of what's going on. But I hope in the future that that's still a possibility because we would love to dive into New York. Definitely, yeah. definitely. Would you do... Uh what everyone is currently doing so far as in throwing markets in the pandemic, wearing masks and everything like that. Have you thought about that? I did. So I threw like a really small one over the summer that was like a hundred percent donation based. I don't know. If, I think you maybe came to that. I can't remember, but it was like at Maria Hernandez park and it was just 10 to 12 artists. And basically all the donations went to charity and we raised $5,000, which was kind of incredible. Didn't expect it. That is amazing. But, yeah. But I think in terms of like a large scale market and like, you know, getting tables that you have to pay for and then like making sure the out outdoor conditions are good. Those, there's just so many factors in throwing a market outside that I don't think people think about. Mm -hmm. And I know that if we were going to do that, that would be the option. And right now it's, you know, there's rain, there's just like so many things that I think I'd rather wait until it's safe because like living with the guilt of something happening is just isn't worth like anyone's health, you know, and anyone's safety. And, and that's no shade to anyone throwing. I think everyone's been doing a great job being safe and healthy. But I think just personally, I think let's just put it on pause for now and like let's highlight artists other ways, but let's wait until it's totally safe. Yeah. And you know, you have been throwing a couple, well, with the soft label vintage, you still do pop-ups, which is pretty cool. You know, one at McCarran yeah. Park, one, the last time I did see you at a pop-up in Williamsburg by the bar. I'm yeah. glad you're still, you know, able to sling items, which, you know, it's good to see, you know, our friends' faces and stuff. And when I saw you, it was great because I was able to pick this up. Yeah, I know. It looks so good on you. I'm so glad you got that one. I was like looking it up the other day. I was like, 
aware i'm wearing a unisex vintage 90s estina made in usa work shirt that caught my eye when i saw saw it at your table and i was like damn it i'm about to spend some money again yeah no it's really cool it which looks is great cool. which is great and i was like i gotta try it on because you know the stuff that you source is is definitely for everyone yeah i think i try i feel like vintage can you know it could either go like both ways it can be like modern clothes that are still vintage or it can mm. be like actually like dead stock 60s 70s and i try to do a mix of both something that like still relates to like what is modern now but mm. is secondhand um but i i've been trying to get more into menswear because a lot of my vintage right now is just stuff that i was wearing mm -hmm. uh, i will be sourcing more for men's but yeah you kind of pushed me in that direction because i was like okay you know like men will buy this because i feel like there isn't as many um men's men's vintage shops and men's vintage sourcing no there isn't yeah when i look at your style and the conversations we have about vintage um and the things that you're putting on the market you kind of have a setup like the streetwear game you know everything is set up where like i don't know when the last time i did see you you were wearing a bucket hat and, and when we were talking you're like yo have you have you been on this website called Grail? This is where I got the bucket hat from. And I was just like, Gabby knows about Grail? This is amazing. So I love the, you know, you bridge the streetwear game, the vintage game, you know, round two has their their vintage section, but it's like very streetwear-ish. And you, you know, you're starting this like whole new thing that I like really adore that not a lot of people are doing sometimes like, a lot of vintage is very, you know, geared to, I'm just trying to sell these things out of my closet or I'm just sourcing this from like the South or something, but you, you're just pretty versatile with going back and forth with everything. What's the, what's your like favorite pieces that you've been selling? Um, I have a couple I can show you if you'd like to see them. Um, I would love to see them. Cool. Yeah, we just went on this um, cross-country road trip a couple of months ago and got some really cool stuff. And some stuff has just been in my closet that I'm ready to part with, but I can show you a couple of things. Um, the first one is this Ralph Lauren button-up. Wow. It's like a collage of horse bits. I just really caught my eye. I just like really love the design. And um, it sadly didn't fit me where I would keep it, but I think it's a really cool item. Um, I think it's a, a woman's petite, actually, a small, but they run kind of large. But that's really cool. That's that's super cool. And, you know, right now, the horse print game. Yeah, it's coming back. Well, I guess it never went away. It's, it's always been a thing, but... Never went away, but... <laughs> Now everybody wants to have a horse. It's it's a whole thing. Everyone wants a horse tattoo. And yeah, I mean, that's great. What else you got? All right. I've been doing a lot of like hand dyeing or I was. I haven't done it recently, but I just like sourced a bunch of like material. So I'm excited now that I'm unemployed to kind of dive back in. Mm -hmm. do like like natural dyeing. But this oh, cool. one is this turtleneck that I hand dyed. Um, what? I thought it came out really cool. It kind of reminds me of like Echo Slada a little bit. Yeah, it uh, does. Yeah, but I just, it's a really super flattering zipper right here is what the back looks like. But 
yeah it's just been fun to like fuck around with like dyeing and bleach that's unbelievable yeah I'm pretty bad with like ventilating my house though and (laughs) what the fuck like it's (laughs) bleach and it won't go away for like days (laughs) they can live with it yeah no they definitely can what that reminds me of is a lot of brands right now are taking vintage pieces and you know putting their own new flair onto it they're screen printing their logos there's um they're taking old pieces and now chain stitching onto them such as my friend's in low timers that they were also from brooklyn now they live in new orleans and they embroider everything on all these like previous pieces that they've found. And then a lot of people, like my good friend Otto, who runs this agency called Play Lab, he just did his own artwork on this golf, mini golf uh, course out in Los Angeles. And they basically sourced a bunch of Anita vintage t-shirts. They're like one of the earliest, like, um, basic like brand tees that you know before like Hanes and stuff and then they just like found a bunch of blank tees and now they're screen printing on that I what I love is that everyone's reusing and recycling and going through basically what you're doing you know and dip dying yeah no I feel like it's really cool that they're mostly using secondhand and not like using new shirts and I hope that like trend continues because it's like if you are going to repurpose and like why wouldn't you just choose secondhand you know or use something already in your closet so it's been a really great trend that I don't see like dying ending yeah no it's and it's a really good trend you know I mean I mean what are trends but (laughs) I I really appreciate it I mean who knows, I might do something to this too. And because of the fact that like, I love this so much, this, when I saw this, it reminded me of, there's this brand called Needles. It's a Japanese brand. And I tried on their like mohair sweater uh, a couple years ago back in Philly and it was $500. And you know, I was just like, should I drop $500 on this mohair sweater? I do look nice in it. But then I, I was just, you know what? I'm going to skip out on this. And then fast forward looking at this, this is what it reminded me of. Yeah, I remember you telling me that. So yeah, you should do something with that. I when I looked at that, I was like, it'd be cool to do some like poetry or like typography on like the white spaces and kind of have it play with the black. That's perfect. Yeah. Great ideas. Look at that. You know, how do you do that? How do you do that? Well, that's actually something I have cooking up. So, you know, I'm I'm trying to print more stuff with like Bootsy has access to kind of the printing at their fabrication shop so that's kind of my like winter project you know doing putting my poetry and my photography on like clothes and wearables and like quilts you know anything speaking of poetry are you working on a new zine I'm not right now um but like for the first time in what feels like years I feel like my mind is clear because I'm not working so I can actually like dedicate like time to like sit down and write and sit down to read and I feel like reading other people's poetry really ignites and inspires me so I'm really excited to get back into it that is one of my other goals for this winter oh that's awesome yeah what else you got all right I got I got a whole stack over here if you really want to see it oh definitely um I have this like white drindle top which I've been seeing a lot around but Definitely for someone with smaller boobs than me, I wish I could rock this. <laughs> really 
Sweet girl, my small boob gals. Um, really love that one. Cute. I found this vintage Comme des Garcons button up on our trip that I've been obsessed with. I've been kind of trying to figure out if I want to sell this or not, but I think wow. I'm going to list it today, but it's reversible. So there's this side if you like want something more flashy and then just like the other side. That's but awesome. Look at the pockets too. Oh, and wow. And then, yeah, you could see, you can wear it like outside, but I love that label. Um, I'm going to look up what era it's from, but really cool men's shirt. It's perfect. Yeah. Um, that one's a great one. I have this suit that hasn't sold and it's kind of blowing my mind because it's a hand embroidered eye catchers red suit. This is the top and then there's a bottom that goes with it. Um, and it says eye catchers too. Yeah, and there's like a hand embroidered E at the bottom. Mm -hmm. My clothes just fell, but um, yeah, yeah, but really cool. What, what do you think uh, eye catchers is? What What do you think? Like, do you think they were like a roller skating? Oh yeah, I think about this all the time. I didn't even think about roller skating, but that like that suit fits. You know, it could be. I would love to do some more research now that you're reminding me of like, is there anything that was called eye catchers in the past? Right. Connected to. That's a good idea. I'm going to write that down. I don't, you know, like to share any secrets by any means with like manufacturing or anything, but like, I'm guessing also in the vintage game, you know, yeah. a lot of vintage researchers, they tend to go to the South and, you know, like, deep dive in a bunch of places i mean in philadelphia we used to have this uh big vintage lot they used to move up to north philly but for a bigger space do you where do you where do you usually go well i love that spot i can't think of what it was called do you remember what it was called unfortunately <laughs> like i do not i i don't know how i don't because it was right the first original location was across was like connected to my previous studio Right, right, right. And it was yeah. like a niche town and then it moved it's like fun. more deep. Yeah, me and Boots used to go all the time. I love that spot. I hate that I can't remember the name, but that was great. I think a lot of my stuff is sourced on road trips. Like we love taking back roads for this specific trip. We took Route 66, which like, I don't know if I just found out what Route 66 is. So I'm not gonna assume everyone knows, but it's just like the forgotten highway of the 60s and 70s that had like all these weird roadside attractions. And like along that road, there was just these huge warehouses and like huge antique warehouses. It kind of just feels like you're at a estate sale, but found a lot of the stuff that I have like through that. But I just love stopping at the shady like place that says antiques warehouse, like in Jersey and just seeing what what's there. So I think a lot of my finds are there and a lot I've just collected throughout the years. I think 80% of what's on soft label is my personal closet. Mm -hmm. um, I just have a really hard time getting rid of things, so. It's hard. Yeah. It's hard. My closet's filled with items that I still carry since Philadelphia, and I don't wear it anymore. I, there's just a sentimental value. Yeah. That's connected to it. And, you know, I definitely want to get rid of it, but parting ways with a lot of stuff is just like the the hardest thing, you know? It's just like you, you're looking at it and you remember the parties you went in with it it's it's just hard but yeah 
I know I'm just like I think it's like also when you find like a really cool vintage piece and what it's like five dollars or like the way you found it or that memory associated with like when you wore it or when you found it or how you found it it's just like you you can't give that up like it's just like an amazing feat and like that's what's cool when you're like set up at pop-ups or you set up in person you get to like someone pick something up and like you tell them a little bit of a backstory like oh that jacket's like from Japan and I bought it like in this small town or like I just love connecting with the customer and like letting them know where it came from or just hearing like what they're looking for and just sharing stories but yeah that's like a really great part of like selling in person. Do you ever plan on opening up your own stores one day? Well I think if I open up this collective idea that I was just kind of teasing at, there would definitely be like a vintage section as well as like a zine library and a book library, just trying to show all my interest. But yeah, I think I would just probably have like a small space in it where I just had some vintage set up. That's awesome. What's next in the collection? What's next? Half of it's on the floor. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I'm really into green. Mm -hmm me um so I have this like green piece two set they're not together but I would wear them together if I was buying it but they're just like really cool green trousers they're like leg and I have this to go with it it's lime green and pattern checkered wow these like really cool buttons on the front and on the back that you can like open it's like almost like a poncho but (laughs) yeah but it's really cool on, I promise. It just, it's not as grandma as it looks. No, no. I also love the pattern of the, of the yeah. that's like. Yeah, it's really cool. It just like adds like a cool element. Um, half stuff's on the floor, so. No, it's <laughs> totally cool. Do you, um, do you still, oh, well, right now, because everything's currently closed, but would you still be into doing pop-ups at other retail shops as well? Yeah, I've kind of just been trying to, I mean, I'm still new New York, new or back in New York, so I'm still trying to figure out like where I could sell, but I would love to be part of another shop and just get my stuff out another way because obviously it's really hard to promote as one person. Mm-hmm. Um, so if anyone that's listening wants to carry my stuff, I'm here. <laughs> that's awesome so how we end the show is that if you were to get a chest tattoo quote in old english what would your phrase be um i mean maybe it's the gemini in me but i would just get my last name or it's the leo rising in me but uh, (laughs) isn't your last name like kind of like the go-to with that the go-to everyone does it everyone does that everywhere i was gonna say one specific place but then you know what? Everyone does that. Yeah. What would yours be? That's a good question. No one has asked me so far on the podcast, but it would probably be. Come on, on the spot. Do it quick. (laughs) Don't do it. (laughs) Okay. Something, something like, I don't know maybe my last name too as well but it would just take out my whole body but it would be ridiculous that's the point I think it has to be ridiculous it has to be ridiculous well thank you Gabby for being on the show yeah thank you for having me this is Wear Many Hats presented by Desar we out bye